Welcome to the porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, examining the Word of God, following the example of the Book of Acts Church, and in doing so, we discover how the early church served the Lord. We delve deeper into Scripture. We don't water it down. We don't filter it. And we find the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. The Porch is an online community of believers working to restore the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. The Porch was created as an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida not-for-profit since January of 2000 on Solomon'sPorch.org is that website. Or FirefallTalkRadio.com is the website for this podcast and others. You can contact us there as well. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio, the main broadcasting site. You can subscribe to us on the Spreaker app, get updates on broadcasts. We're found on Facebook and Twitter. Also, you can listen to us archived on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and Blog Talk Radio. We are increasing our reach, awakening the remnant. If you want to support what we do, you can always go to the PayPal link at the bottom of the Firefall Talk Radio homepage, or you could use the Venmo app. Easier to use, less fees. We're found there as at Firefall Media Group, one word, uppercase on the F, the M, and the G. We appreciate your support and encouragement. We just simply say, give us the Lord leads. Thank you to each and every one of you who do support us. We are greatly appreciative, and as a byproduct of blessing us, we we keep you in our daily prayers. Anyone not wanting to hear the community part of the porch can jump directly to the chapter marked Shofar and go right into the lesson. Well, we've made it through Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. This Saturday, October 3rd, Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast, the Festival of Ingathering, the Harvest Festival, the Festival of Booth, a time for the final harvest as well as to express appreciation for the bounty, celebrating the miraculous provision in the wilderness. Each time is a day of praise from Psalms 113 through 118, and it just dawned on me that um, the Feast of Tabernacles ends on October 9th, which will be the 32nd anniversary to when I got born again, saved, healed, and delivered. So interesting correlation. Who knows? Maybe there's something special about that. Starting out with praise reports and prayer requests. Now, if you're listening and you have a praise report you want to share or a prayer request that you want to get the rest of the Porch family praying about, just go to the uh, either the Facebook page or the FirefallTalkRadio.com page. You can contact us there, and we will do so. Well, of course, I talked about my salvation, October 9th, 1988. Without that, I don't have the rest of the things I talked to you about. My home, my wife, my Restored family, sons, daughter-in-laws, my grandson, our furry kids, and everything that he has given us. Each and every day, I thank him. I never forget what he did for me. I never forget that he rescued me and gave that all back to me. I praise him for his protection over all of us in the midst of the storm, in the midst of everything. We are protected. We are under his Psalm 91 covering. You can... Get real close to him and hide under the shadow of his wings. Praise him for the ministry that he allows me to work for him in his name. For the dreams, the visions, all the things he's been sharing of late. And there's not been a lot of sleeping because there's been a lot of sharing and a lot of things going on. I'm sure many of you have been picking up that there's some kind of a agitation, oppression, a feeling in the spirit. I praise him for his healing virtues. Praise Him to be able to praise Him for everything, no matter what. Stop. Take your time. Praise Him. Be thankful to Him. I praise Him for favor and revelation for being a new creation in these prophetic times. I praise Him for America. Oh, yeah, we have problems. We always have, even from day one. 
But the fact is you can still worship him freely here. Praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. Don't know when that is, but I'm always ready each and every day. And if it's not today, I'm prepared for tomorrow or the next day. Whenever he decides, I won't be caught off guard. Because I pray. I pray for the Middle East. I pray for Israel. The peace of Jerusalem, Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Pray for America. Pray for its leaders. I pray for its citizens during this time of unrest and turmoil. Everything that's going on, no matter how bad it looks, turn your eyes towards heaven and and pray to the one that is in complete control. I pray for all the evil to be exposed and dealt with. I pray every day for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice. We live in a world that's not justice, it's injustice. His justice is the only true justice. I pray pray against the slaughter of the innocents, and I pray for its victims. The missing and exploited children, the victims of sex trafficking, human trafficking, since the beginning of the dawn of civilization, Hasatan, the fallen, have been taking advantage of, brutalizing humanity. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world, each and every day being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith, losing their homes, losing everything they have, except they won't give up their soul and they won't turn their back on the Lord. Whether you believe it or not, religious persecution and anti-Semitism is growing. That same spirit that fueled Nazi Germany is growing. The hatred of the Jews and the church is growing. The spirit of the Antichrist, bolder and bolder, because it believes that its time of unveiling is coming. But you know what? Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And we're going to stand, we're going to pray, and we're going to push back. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design. Stop accepting the way things are and speak to them the way they should be in accordance with his word. Praying for healing for my wife, Deb, and anyone out there that has struggles or things that they deal with, begin to believe. Tonight we're going to be talking about some things in that regard, and I hope you pay attention. Praying for all who are sick right now. Pray for our protection, our inspiration. I pray for the remnant to wake up, rise up, and answer the call to action. We need action. We no longer need just words. We need people to hit their knees. We need people to hit the streets. We need to get the job done. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. We're praying for the doors to open, to prosper in accordance with his words, so that the open conduits of his blessings will fund the dreams and the visions and the missions, becoming highly mobile and effective, not letting things hinder us. Oh, yes, we have this scamdemic, I, I mean pandemic, That's going on out there, so we've decided just we're going to drive everywhere. We're not going to fly. We want to own our own equipment so that we don't have to deal with rentals and all that. That's going to take blessings. Please join with us in prayer to raise the money necessary to do that and to get back out there, finish the deep darkness, and begin to create other content to expose the enemy and shine the light into the darkness. We ask you to continue to pray for divine favor of of legal matters and adversity we still go through. And of course, as always, make sure you are praying for your lost family members. Kim in Fort Mitchell says she's doing great. She praises our Heavenly Father for loving her and keeping her sober every day. She says, I praise him for letting me spend eternity with him. She says, thank you, Jesus, for making that possible. Praise him for my children, my husband, my mother. Dog Bruno, my friends, and the porch community, Father, thank you for providing everything we need and more. Praying for Stacy's mom and grandparents. She says, I had a mind-blowing conversation with my mom about abortion yesterday. Lord, my mother needs to be saved. She needs Jesus. Please pray for her. You know, folks, write this down if you're not going to download and save these and make a commitment to pray for the things that people are asking for. Uh, Lord, continue to pray, protect my family, keep safe from the enemy. I'm asking you for a financial blessing, a pay raise. Give me the courage to ask for it and favor me and my family. Bless us, keep us safe. Bless the porch families, hear our prayers. 
Um, she says, I'm praying for my husband. Continue what you started and deliver him from evil. Bless this marriage in Jesus' name. Well, Lord, there you are. You knew it all already. We didn't have to tell you, but you've created a pattern where you want us to bring these things to you. You want us to speak them out to you. So we do. But first of all, we tell you how much we love you. We tell you how awesome you are. You are an awesome God. You are an awesome Father. Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, we love you. Oh, my goodness, spending eternity with you. Spending eternity with you, Lord. How awesome that will be, but we know it's not yet. But when it happens, it will be beyond anything we can think or imagine. So we thank you, Lord, for the cross. We thank you for enduring it. We thank you for allowing it to happen so that you could pay the price for us. Restore us into right relationship with our Heavenly Father. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to walk with us and to teach us and encourage us and open our eyes and our hearts, our minds, our ears. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, have your way with us. Begin to speak to us. Begin to empower us. Let us learn what you want us to learn. Let us do what you need us to do. So, Lord, we thank you. Bless this time. Bless the technology. In Jesus' name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. Abba Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come and rule on earth as it does in heaven. Give us our daily bread like the manna in the wilderness and the living bread of Yeshua. Forgive us as we forgive others, and let go of debts and any resentment we have against others. Lead us away from the snares and the temptations of the evil one's kingdom. For yours is the kingdom we seek, and its power and glory forever. Amen. Now, of course, that's the variation I created on the Lord's Prayer. And he says, in this manner, therefore, pray. He didn't want us to get caught in a ritual. He wanted us to be able to express it in words, to carry the context and the content. The kingdom of God, that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the kingdom. And as I sat here today and I worked on this, I realized that my heart's cry is for you to walk in the fullness of the kingdom. Oh, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm getting there, but I'm not there yet. But that's my heart's desire. I don't want to walk in this world. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. And I'm tired of this world having any influence over me. I want the kingdom of God to rule. I want kingdom of God power. I want to experience the glory of that. I want his rule, his sovereignty, his control, his authority over all things on earth as it is in heaven, as it pertains to us, his church. That dunamis power of the Holy Spirit received through the upper room on Pentecost the physical manifestation of the divine presence of God, our Father, in our lives, that he called us to share in his eternal glory through Messiah Yeshua, through which we are transformed day by day by basking in his glory. If you don't spend any time in his glory, how do you expect to absorb it into you and radiate it out into others? We need it now and in the age to come. Last week we talked about seeking first the kingdom. And we we should still be doing that. That should be a part of every day. It should be all day. 
See, as I've been doing each week, I've been building upon everything I've been saying, building upon building, blocks upon blocks, line upon line, precept upon precept, to get you to this place where you suddenly realize that, hey, wait a second, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm walking in it. I'm living it. The kingdom life, that's what it's about. But seek, aim at, strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, which we know comes from relationship with him. And then all these things that you need taken together will be given to you beside. Well, what things? Well, food, shelter, clothing, blessings, peace. Yes, even peace. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Boy, could we use some of that right now. The kingdom, after all, the kingdom of God. It's, it's not a matter of getting the food and drink that one likes. Instead, it's righteousness. You know, where we are acceptable to God through relationship with him and his son and having a heartfelt peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever serves Messiah in this way is acceptable and pleasing to God and will therefore be approved by men. So the kingdom of God, it's, it's not about food, it's not about drink, it's not about behavior or outward religion, it's internal. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Not being a slave to sin. Not being a slave to the former things because the Son has set you free. You've been liberated. You've been liberated from all that. He paid the price. You were in debt. A debt you were never going to be able to pay. And Hasatan, Satan, the God of this world, he held the note. He held the paper. But all that's been taken from him. You are undeniably, unquestionably free. See, all of this is scripture, Romans 14, 7, John 8, uh, 34, 36, uh, Matthew 6, 33. Come on, it's all there in the word. If you spent more time reading the word and absorbing it, and chewing on the, 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 the bread, the word, the meat, taking it in, letting the nutrients of that strengthen you. You wouldn't be anxious. You wouldn't be fearful. You wouldn't be worrying. And, of course, we know fret causes harm. It really does. It damages the body. It damages the heart, the mind. It creates cortisol. Cortisol creates fat. Fat that becomes visceral fat, almost impossible to lose. It's so the long-term damaging effects of fret, anxiety, and fear is something we have to let go of. If you are experiencing that, your mind is on something other than the kingdom of God. You've been tricked into keeping your mind on this world or the things of this world. No doubt we live in a fallen world. Can't get around that until the Lord comes back and gets us out of here till he redeems all that. We're in a fallen world. We don't belong here. It doesn't want us. But we have the freedom from worry, which is born of sincere faith in God's overruling providence. We are kingdom citizens. The kingdom life is one of freedom in him. Go with me to John chapter 10, starting with verse 3. I want to share some things the Lord has shared with me over the last, oh, about a week. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and him being the shepherd, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him, the stranger, because they don't know his voice. Why won't they follow the stranger? Because they only know the Lord's voice. John ten twenty seven and and 28, the, the, my sheep, my sheep hear my voice, says the Lord, and I know them. 
and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And snatch implies violence, like the wolf coming into the flock, grabbing one of the, the sheep, one of the lambs, and heading off into the woods. And as I meditated on that, we're talking about the kingdom voice, which starts with the voice of the Lord. We need to hear his voice. We need to stop listening to the voice of the world. We need to stop listening to the voice of the enemy, which is easy to discern because it doesn't line up with the word. And in doing so, we need to not only be hearers, but we need to be doers of the word. There needs to be a response in our life from what we hear. You see, his voice inspires action. Genesis 1, verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Let there be. God said it, and it was done. There was light. His command caused reality. God's command enacted his will in the creative process of the world. He is the supreme ruler over everything. He's not just a a part of creation or limited by it. He rules over it. Remember, sovereignty, reign, rule, authority, all started by his voice. Psalm 33, verse 6 and verse 9. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Nehemiah 9, 6. You alone are the Lord, you have made heaven. The heaven of the heavens with all their host, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them. And you preserve them all. The host of heaven worship you. John 1, 1. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word. We know as Messiah, Yeshua. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God himself. He was present originally with God. And all things were made and came into existence through him and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being not even one thing came into being outside of him speaking it into existence god created all things through yeshua hamashiach jesus the messiah our lord and savior his only son Ephesians 3, 9. And to see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus the Messiah. Colossians 1, starting verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and all things he may have the preeminence. Everything consists. Everything is held together. Everything happens because of him. Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2. God, who at various times and various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these days, last days, spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds. 
All creation was made through him. How? By the sound of his voice. Life is in his voice. The creative power is in his voice. You know, John 1, 3, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, but the darkness could not comprehend it. In him was life. The Logos, the Word, by which everything was created. And that part of creation, which we see in Genesis 2, 7, consisted in him breathing into man the breath of life. And if you saw the sea conference last year, you were there, whether you saw the video, you know I went into detail about this. That concept of him breathing life, his literal essence coming from him into Adam and then passed on to us. And then the Lord God formed, created the body of man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an individual complete in body and spirit. The essential chemical elements needed to form both man and animal are found in the soil. And even though Genesis 2-7 and Genesis 1, they were written long before the scientific fact discovered that. But God already knew because he put it there. And he put it in our word. His word. So the Lord is life-giving. He is life as the living God, the source or fountain of life. And his life, his power, his essence, his presence is on his voice. So he didn't simply make the material worlds. He gave it life. He was the agent by which the vegetable world became animated and alive, by which beasts live and man became a living soul endowed with immortality. And though we lost it in our body in the fall, we'll get it back. We are made up of electrical impulses that I believe tie back to him. Electricity cannot be destroyed, can only be altered. And so when that energy that we're talking about, the energy that's in our cells, the energy that's in our DNA, the energy that flows through what we call our soul, it's immortal. That's why it's so important to know where you're going to spend eternity. So the the Word of God, the creation of the material worlds, is life which means that new creation, the renovation of man and his restoration from the state of sin is another form of life. It's, it's, an, it's tied to the first creation. That's why it says you are born again. Ephesians 2.1, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. I've talked about it. I've given my testimony. I've shared with you at that moment that I got saved and born again. I knew something happened. So did everybody else that was in the building that day. And it was an pro- ongoing process. I had to touch other parts of my life. Had to spread throughout what made up me. Me had to, Certain areas had to be healed. Certain things had to be cast out. But I was made alive. I was once dead and worthy of judgment. But he loved me so much that he made a way for me where there seemed to be no way. There are people out there that are hungering for that. Oh, they don't know what it is. They just know they want it. And you have the ability through what's inside of you, what he's giving you, having the words of life, to speak life into their dead situation. But that means you have to get into a place where you have life in you and on your voice. While salvation is instantaneous, sanctification is a process, and walking this out is a process, and some people just stop along the way. 
and they never con- they never continue the journey. They never do anything more than what they've already done. So they never grow. They stay in a dormant spiritual state. Oh, they're alive, but they're not dynamically alive. They're existing. I believe if you're here, if you're listening for wherever you are on whatever streaming platform, however you found this, I believe you're looking for life. And life abundantly, the abundant life, which isn't about things. It's about the kingdom. It's the kingdom life. That's the abundant life. John 6.33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives what? Life to the world. It's the spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There's no profit in it. Remember what he said to Nicodemus, that which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. The words, the truth that Yeshua had been speaking was spirit and life. You want to know why so many fellowships and congregations are dead? Because the spirit isn't there. Oh, they're in tradition. They're in ritual. They're following their rules, their regulations, their forms, their formalities, their teachings. But they're not alive. Where the spirit is... There is life and liberty. That's the life I'm talking to you about. The kingdom life. It's spiritual. It's eternal. It's not fleshly. And that's why you can't find it in the world. You can't find it in man-made religion. And I believe the enemy has been brilliant in hiding it from us. It was such a treasure that he stole it and he hid it. He kept men from teaching it. He kept us from learning it. But the, lo- the Lord is so loving and his spirit is so powerful. That spirit of truth has began to reveal it to us so that we've hungered for it and we've dug and we've dug and we found it. We found that gold. We found that jewel of the kingdom. The Lord, your Savior, your master, your brother, your friend, your teacher. He is the source. He is the fountain of both natural life and spiritual life. Remember I said he holds it all together. I've taught on it many times in various seminars, that he holds it all together by the vibrational nature of his essence, by the sound of his voice. All of the universe, all of the matter, all of the planets, everything is resonating. It's giving off of a tone. It's giving off a... Uh, an element, a beat, a pattern, whatever you want to call it, and it's all him. That's why when your heart stops but beating and the electrical impulses and charge in your blood stops feeding the organs and keeping them alive on that fourth day, there's nothing left to hold the cells together. They, can, they no longer consist. They literally dissolve. And that's why the, the body becomes that putrid, disgusting thing, because there's no life in it. Things that have no life in it stink. Let's just call it what it is. John five twenty five. most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear it will live. John 5.28, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. That same voice that spoke everything into existence. Their signature, if you will. So that's why the Jews buried the bodies. They didn't burn them. They didn't destroy them. They kept them as intact as they possibly could so that he could speak life into the cells. But I believe that wherever the DNA is wherever those things are, he brings them back together. He speaks it. John eleven twenty five. he says to Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. He is what? The resurrection and what? The life. 
true life can only be found in him through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that infuses human life with the elements and essence of the Lord, of him, his nature. Now I want to get to the scripture that triggered this. And it was a combination of things. It was about the voice of the shepherd and how none other will they follow, how we are connected to and tied into his voice, that we know the sound of it. We know the nature of it. And I've been praying. We've been praying for some tremendous blessing to fund the kingdom business and calling and missions that he's given us. And we do know, living in a fallen world, that there's an enemy out there looking to interfere with that. So I've been dwelling and meditating on his word and spending time with him thinking about, but wait a second here, Lord, it's your voice. Your your voice is what I seek. I seek your voice through my lips, which I know is possible because your spirit's inside of me. Isaiah fifty five eleven. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, says the Lord, it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Let me give that to you again. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect, shall not be useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Without realizing it, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the words that we believe he's given us, that have been confirmed through others, that line up with his word and his will, to have that on it, the Isaiah fifty five eleven signature, meaning he said it, it's going to happen. It will prosper and do exactly what he said, and it will return to him with a positive effect on his kingdom. You see, the divine origin or character of God's word, both speaking, spoken and written. Speaking. What is speaking? I don't know. We'll, we'll add that. We'll put that aside. Over here, speaking. Let me write that down. Spoken or written. And not some magical power, but it accomplishes the purpose for which it is sent. He made the promise of a Messiah. It happened in who? Yeshua, through Mary. It did what? It returned to him. His word, the living word, the Lord returned to him and prospered for which he sent it. There's your proof that this works. But let's get a human example of that kind of faith, of the spoken word. Go with me to Matthew chapter 8, starting with verse 5. Now when Yeshua had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Yeshua said, I I will come and heal him. And remember, the centurion's not saved. He's not an acolyte. He's just heard about who Jesus of Nazareth is. He said, Lord, I'm, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another come, and he comes, and to my servant do this, and he does it. And when Yeshua heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom, and he was referring to the Jews around him, will be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then he said to the centurion, Go your way, 
And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. With a simple command, Yeshua's authority extended beyond touch, extended beyond time and space and distance. His words brought healing and life into that servant wherever he was that the centurion was pleading for. What this Roman centurion was saying, how much more shall disease obey you, the original source of all power, having control over all things? He asked simply that the Messiah would give a command, and he felt assured it would be obeyed. That's the faith the Lord wants from us. That kind of faith, the faith he's looking for, hopefully will he find it on the earth when he returns. Hebrews 11, now faith is the assurance, the title deed confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends it as fact, which cannot be experienced by the physical senses, for by this kind of faith the men of old gained divine approval. And we know from 11.6, Without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's the law of faith. It's more just faith in him. It's faith in his very nature, the thing I've been talking to you about, this, the thing that this Roman centurion grasped. How he did, I don't know. But he did. This kind of faith, this spoken faith, and I'm not talking name it and claim it. Don't ever accuse me of that. I not only will disagree with you, I'll be insulted. But I'm talking about faith that lines up with his word, that lines up with his desires, that lines up and benefits his kingdom. Matthew 11, verses 22 through 24. Yeshua answered to them and said, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be moved and cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. It says it again in Matthew seventeen twenty. Blessed because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have the faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Matthew 21, 21 and 22. Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but if you say this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So either he couldn't remember he had already said it, or... He stutters, which I don't believe either one of those is true. He's trying to get across a point to us. That faith, mountain-moving faith, and I believe he meant it literally. What I understand now of of the universe and creation and, and cells and all the things that make up this universe, he, that kind of faith defies the laws of physics. Let's face it, healing a leper immediately by touch, that defies the natural order of things. Putting eyes into sockets where there weren't eyes before, that defies the natural order of things. Speaking to Lazarus and simply saying, come forth, and a decomposing body with sinews and tissues and tendons and ligaments are all snapped and, and broken and the, the body's just this giant pile of goo inside of this fleshly sausage comes back to life. Yeah, I'd say that defies the natural order of things. Oh, but Richard, that's, that's the Lord. That was his voice. 
the same spirit that he used to create all of creation is inside of you. We have this ability. I've seen moments of it. The other night, we were getting pounded by storms, and we've had a lot of rain, way too much rain. And a lightning strike hit something across the street near the lake. And I just, I was pressure from the sinuses, I was lying down, and I just extended my hands towards the storm. And I could literally feel my hands begin to vibrate. And I simply said, enough, be gone, get out of here in Jesus' name. And it was gone. It was Monday night. I had to go outside and take out the recyclables and the garbage. And when I went outside, I took a picture of the sky that was completely clear. And you could see the sunset. Now, of course, I've, I had belief that it would happen because I've done it before, more than once. But I believed what I said would happen because I believed that that moment I was within his will. That's what he's teaching his disciples. That's what he's trying to teach you. To have the kind of faith that what you speak happens because you're speaking word, you're speaking life, you're speaking kingdom attributes, kingdom principles. Does it further the kingdom? Does it glorify him? I believe he'll honor it. Speak to the mountain. Whatever mountain's in front of you, whatever mountain you're dealing with, whatever's been put in your way, whatever's keeping you from getting to where you should be going, whatever's keeping the blessing from coming to you, if you've gone before the Lord and he's confirmed, speak to the mountain. Mountain-moving faith, power in the spoken word, filled with the dunamis, the explosive nature of the Holy Spirit. Dynamic, creative. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it, whether for death or for life. Do we have a scripture that tangibly says that if you speak, you will be taking something that was dead and bringing it back to life. Yes, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth Adonai Yeshua and believe in your heart that God raised them from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There comes that moment when you must quit talking to God about that mountain in your life and start speaking to the mountain about your God. Speak to that mountain with kingdom authority and the power of the word. Speak life, his life, into your situation. You proclaim his power. You declare his sovereignty. You affirm his faithfulness. But remember, this isn't, oh, I can have whatever I want. No, no. In James it's James 4, it says, You have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask incorrectly. You ask to fulfill your selfish desires. You who have become uh, into spiritual adultery with the world. But if it benefits the kingdom if it glorifies him, if it furthers the gospel, the Great Commission, if it does what he needs it to do, if you speak it in faith, if you line it up with the word, maybe you even have to find the scripture. They'll boast of your faith. Speak the scripture out loud. Read it out loud. The power of life and death is in your tongue. The enemy knows this. The enemy's been teaching his people stuff, this stuff for years. The rituals, the incantations, the things they say, the things they do. 
the power of the word, the power of the tongue. Folks, we need this. We need this. And so for me, as I began to dwell on the the things that he's told us, the things he's confirmed, the things that I had to know come from him because they were outside of my understanding, things he's called me to do that are outside of my abilities, understanding what it's going to take to tangibly do that in this world. My brother Larry and I have been praying pretty much every day. We've been petitioning the throne room, but then recently we started to speak to things not as they are, but as they should be. He's not a practical joker. He's not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he meant it. So we began to speak to whatever mountain was in the way of our blessing. And in the process, he began to reveal specific entities that were that mountain or on that mountain. And so we began to speak to them. This isn't magic. This isn't hocus pocus. This isn't any of the stuff that gets portrayed in the movies about Christians or, uh, or by false teachers and bad teachers. No, this is about the word of God speaking, his voice, his kingdom, his sovereignty. He is faithful to finish every good work that he begins So stand on his word. Speak the word. Find the scriptures that apply to what it is you're praying and speak them out. I'm telling you, claim and cling to his promises. Because the fact is, especially in our case, we have no hope of doing what we're called to do without him doing it for us and with us. We have no hope in the natural of obtaining what's needed to get it done without him doing it. So we just believe. We speak it with belief. Is it easy every day? No, there are some days I'll tell you it's a struggle. But I have to get out of that human mindset. I have to stop walking by sight and start walking by faith. Some days I even have to remind myself of the words and the dreams and the visions and the things that he has spoken to me to get me out of the natural and into the spiritual mindset. See, if you can understand this, and I'm hoping that you do, and I'm I'm believing the Spirit will explain it to those that want to know, you'll begin to walk in victory. You begin to live that life of righteousness, peace, and joy, no matter what's going on around you. And a mountain in front of you won't shock you or cause you to be fearful. You'll actually get a little excited. It's just another opportunity to act upon and prove his word is true. See, that's kingdom living. What life are you living? Every day I get up with the aspect and the desire to live in the kingdom of God, to be in this world but not of this world. Now, of course, there are things that that fight against that. And And they really, they become an annoyance like a pebble in a shoe. But I deal with it. But I believe the moment is coming And maybe now is with the Feast of Tabernacles beginning on Saturday, the 3rd. That we will walk in this full time. See, that's what I believe he's moving the remnant to. To living the kingdom life full time. No down time, no off time. That even in your sleep you're living it. When you're lying down, rising up, when you're going out, coming in, you are always the head, not the tail. You are always above and not beneath. You are always the lender and not the borrower, free from the broken world system, free from Egypt, walking in the promised land, both figuratively and spiritually. So, Father, I come to you now in the name of your son, Yeshua, our Messiah, 
right now upon these words, speak it. I'm speaking into your children. I'm speaking into their life. I'm speaking into their mind, their soul, their spirit. I'm speaking even into their DNA as they listen to the sound of my voice. And in accordance with your word and your will, that their DNA, their cells go back to their divine design. That on the fourth day when a new cell is replacing the one that just died, instead of replacing it with a fractured, damaged, corrupted one, they put the cell in there that you designed when they were created in their mother's womb. And that the process of brokenness is stopped and they are restored. They are made whole. They are made new. You give them back the dew of their youth, as the, your word says. That we begin to live this miraculous life. We begin to live this kingdom life. That we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover because we are defying the natural order of things and putting them back the way it should be. That we will cast out demons because they don't belong in that body. That body wasn't made to house a demonic entity. Something whose signature does not line up with the DNA signature of that body. So we say in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, leave. Get out. Go. You don't belong here. You have no place here. That will raise the dead like you do did with Lazarus. Because the words that we speak will be life. They'll be imprinted with life. They'll 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 transfer them from the state that they're in into the kingdom. That when we pray whether for one another or for people we don't know, when we intercede, the words we're speaking out loud are entering your spiritual realm, doing what they say and not returning to you void. Lord, we need to understand this. Holy Spirit, we need this. We need you to activate it in us. Open our minds, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, whatever it is that's keeping us from having this. No matter how old or young the listener is, the, your, your children are, no matter how much they know, how much they don't know, let your spirit envelop them, invade them, and them absorb it into their very nature so that they become like you. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Church, I'm telling you, we need you. We need you to get on board with this. We need you to understand how much he needs you in this final hour. The harvest is great, the laborers are few. You're needed. People need to see you walking the kingdom life, and then they'll want to do it too. As I sit here and I pray every day when I work on these things, and even when I'm just sitting here with the Lord and we're spending time together. My heart's desire in doing these sessions on the porch and even getting out there and doing what I believe Firefall on the porch and SRT called to do, that we begin to shake this world one last time before the return of the king, that we begin to transform it in such a way that they begin to see what they've heard. They begin to see the stories come true. They begin to see Yeshua and the King in you. Not church, not the dog and pony show on television, but in you, out and about in the real world. In the restaurants, in the gyms, and the places of business, in the, in the supermarkets, wherever. It's needed. You're needed. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.